Hi, this is Val Hart, and this is The Real Dr. Doolittle Show. Today we're talking with Mark Vincent. Mark is a reality designer and an inspirational speaker, and he offers everyday solutions for everyday living in his hallmark way of bringing difficult concepts to life. Mark also allows intuition to inspire him, and he gracefully guides those that he works with. And I am so delighted to have you on my show, Mark. Thank you so much for being my guest. And thank you for inviting me onto your podcast, Val. You're welcome. You have such an interesting story. I'm delighted to share with people and find out more about, you know, myself. Um, can you give us a little background about um, where you came from? And, of course, I know you, you love animals very much, as all of us do. So tell, give us a little background. Well, uh, originally um, brought up uh, in uh, South Africa, uh, where I uh, stayed until uh, I was about 18 uh, years old, Um, but uh, now living uh, in the United Kingdom, um, where I've been uh, doing several things um, along the lines of um, life coaching and uh, more specifically um, really getting into uh, the intuitive side of uh, how we perceive our lives, what we do with our intuition, and really bringing that to the forefront uh, of everyday living. I love that. That, That's so important. I think being more consciously aware is critical. I know our animals do a lot of uh, work with that. You said that you lost your eyesight when you were five years old, um, that you've had three seeing eye dogs, and I know you've had a lot of experience with animals. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yes, um, as, as, you, as, as you said, uh, I lost my eyesight uh, out in South Africa when I was uh, five years old. And um, growing up in South Africa, we, we were always surrounded by uh, a couple of pet dogs, a couple of uh, pet cats, and uh, a couple of horses, as my uh, sister was uh, into uh, horse riding a lot when we were growing up as kids. Okay. Um, at the age of 15, I had my first uh, seeing eye dog, and... For me, it was a, a, an interesting experience because up until that point, you know, dogs were pretty much pets. But the the seeing eye dog relationship um, is rarely a very very trusting relationship. Um, huh. The 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 relationship that's that that that's going on there now it's to really put people in the picture i have absolutely no eyesight okay. and i was introduced uh to to the seeing eye dog um and the thought of actually walking down um uh, the sidewalk with a dog was well, actually quite a scary prospect yes um so there there was a lot there was a lot of a lot of trust that needed to be built there um, but what I found really interesting about the process was that there's 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 a much higher level of communication going on um, between me and the seeing eye dog uh, with regards to uh, what's being communicated about um, the area that we're passing through, um, the kind of distractions that's uh, going on for the dog, and ultimately uh, the dog um, actually communicating. Um, when there's possible danger, whether that's in the form of uh, moving vehicles or, or people approaching, etc. Yeah, I would think that would be a remarkable experience. 
um, and the, like you said, the level of communication between you has to be so crystal. You know, it has to be so clear. Both your dog's messages back to you and your request, you know, or your um, your connection with the dog. So, tell me more about that. That's fascinating to me. The the actual the actual way uh, that that the partnership is formed is that when the dog is in guide mode. Um, in other words, uh, we're now going to walk out of the house, we're now going to walk down the street and, and, and we're off to catch a bus or we're off to work or, or whatever the situation is. So uh, we have the dog and we have the dog uh, in a harness and I then uh, pick up the handle uh, of this harness in my left hand um, and I communicate with the dog through uh, voice commands. Okay. Now, progressively, what we've seen in the working dog uh, relationship is that dogs are very switched on. You can talk to them, you can have a tone of voice, and they understand what you mean and what is required from them. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that as I worked with with my dogs, and I've I've had three uh, seeing-eye dogs um, uh, so far, but as I was working uh, with the individual dogs, the necessity for very obvious communication was becoming less and less. Hmm. And there was this, this emergence of a very intu intuitive communication. So I'd be walking down the street and I'd be thinking to myself, you know what, before I get to, to work today, I, you know, I, I want to nip in, um, you know, I want to pop in and uh, you know, grab a cup of coffee uh, hmm. before I get there. And the dog would actually pick up on what was what was required and where I wanted to go. And suddenly I'd be walking along, and 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 the dog would stop, and I'm like, oh, why 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 stop? And then of course, you know, I, I I then I then come crashing down to ground. I was like, well, you wanted coffee, right? Here we are. You said you wanted coffee. And it's, it's, it's a very it's a very intuitive form of communication. There is this understanding that if something is required or some or, 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 or the dog needed to tell me about a situation, then then that would be done very subtly, very subtly. And 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 there were times that that I missed that communication because the subtleness of of that kind of communication is not. It's it's not as obvious as the dog walking up to you and and you know prodding your hand with its wet nose. It was far more subtle than that, and it was really something that that I in tuned into more and more as I worked with with the individual dogs. Yes, I love that. You know, when I teach students about animal communication, it's this is one of the most critical things they have to learn, and it is that communication is very subtle it's, it's like it, it's almost below the radar if you're not paying attention you can miss it right even if you are paying attention you can <laughs> miss it sometimes yeah and, um, and you know when uh, I, I know when you know people say to me um, you know often I get asked the, the question well you know in, in, in terms of in terms of uh, d developing more intuition as, as individuals Mm -hmm. How is my dog? How is my cat going going to assist with that? Mm -hmm. And I always say to people, you know, begin to begin to gently notice your animals. 
and that can really start first thing in the morning. So when you're jumping out of bed, you know, if the cat is there, if the dog is there, or if you walk into the kitchen and the, the cat and dog is there, just casually glance at the cat or dog and notice what is being communicated. Is it an excited communication? Is it a slightly, you know, withdrawn communication? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. gently begin to bring your attention into yourself. Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, you know, how am I feeling today? Am I feeling excited? Am I feeling slightly tired and not really looking forward to the day? Mm-hmm. And when you start gently, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I really want to, you know, stress this word gently, because as you said, Val, it's mm-hmm. not it's not a in-your-face, this is, you know, intuitive communication now. It is, it's it is. It's a very subtle thing. And yeah. so you have to, you have to almost you know, uh, approach it at an angle and subtly start engaging with that level of communication. Mm-hmm. And you will tend to find that your intuitiveness with animals takes on uh, a feeling. Yes. And I notice this particularly when, when I come across animals that I haven't met before or, I, or I'm going mm-hmm. to somebody's house and they have animals that I've not met before. Mm-hmm. There is a very distinct feeling that animals communicate with regards to, you know, oh, you're, you're, you're a stranger. I've not mm-hmm. met you before. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some animals are very, you know, more than happy to welcome you in mm-hmm. um, and, and begin to introduce you to, to the rest of the family as it were. Right. One of the things I love about your approach, Mark, is that you aren't, in effect, hampered by sight, and you are focusing on feeling. You've developed your other senses so that, you know, because I know a lot of students, you know, they get stuck with what the body language, you know, what's the animal actually doing. And I think if people actually close their eyes, (laughs) you know, and paid more attention to their senses and conscious awareness and like you said noticing animals gently casually picking up you know their uh, feelings distinguishing between what the animal is resonating with right which is what their communication is Mm -hmm. um, that it would be actually helpful I I think you have a a uniqueness to your connection with animals that uh, we sighted folks um, it's almost a disadvantage you know to us sometimes you know, it's 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 you know when 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 we start talking about um, you know what what is it to be intuitive and mm-hmm. and how do we listen to that inner voice? Uh, and I mean, you hit you hit the nail right on the head. It's so much more of a feeling to start on the outside of of intuition by noticing you know what is the body language and then mm-hmm. slowly but surely start bringing it all the way in to your your whole body experience because our yes. bodies are tuning forks yes thank you tell me more that's good and yeah and 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 so as a tuning fork they they resonate with what is being communicated, whether it's by an animal, whether it's by um, a situation that's going on in your life, your entire body is vibrating and communicating to you what that situation has to offer. And so when I start working on things, whether it's a big project, whether it's you know, what do I feel like doing today, you know, should, should I go to the gym, should I be working out for half an hour, 45 minutes, Whatever it is, 
you know, there, there's always an intuitive feeling there. There's always the, how am I feeling? What does this really, really feel like? And mm-hmm. it's that very quiet, whispering feeling okay. that comes back and tells you every time. Yes. I call that being in flow. You know, universal alignment and in flow. When we take the time to listen, to tune in, you know, then there's the guidance. There's the, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's the intuitive feeling. It's quiet often. It's a whispering. It's a clarity of knowing. You know, sometimes it's felt like a sense of rightness, you know, in in learning to trust that. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, being in the flow is, we never really come out of the flow. Um, it's it's more a case of when we're looking um, outwards or we're looking outside of ourselves and we're focused on everything that is going on outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. then it's very easy to miss that feeling of being in the flow. Yes. Oh, that was so well put. So when we're focused on things outside of ourselves, it actually draws us out of our own body, mind, and our own knowing, right? That where our focus is all out there, I mean, if we're not fully grounded in our own self and balancing the two, then it's easy to be so distracted and to actually lose ourselves, right? To lose that voice, that intuitive knowing. Absolutely. I mean, when I talk, when I do anything, uh, when I start creating something when I am going into a conversation, when I'm going into a meeting, mm-hmm. I really start from that inner perspective. Yes. Because everything everything that I want to say, everything that I want to create, whether it's on my own or whether I'm co-creating something, mm-hmm. I have to come from within the flow in order to really intuitively be able to create and be able to receive whatever the, the required input is at that time. Now, you know, it's so easy for us because we're so used to looking outside of ourselves and saying, oh, well, I need that from here and I need to borrow this from here. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, yeah. we, we're almost subcontracting <laughs> all of our power out to so many different areas. And, of course, because we've pushed the power outwards, we don't have an awful lot left inside of ourselves to do anything with. Right, right. And so, you know, I, I just say to people, just breathe. Breathing <laughs> is the most incredible invention. I think everybody should breathe. There's not enough people breathing. <laughs> it should be on prescription. Forget everything else. Breathing for everybody. Uh, take, take three breaths every moment. Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you've got to bring it all the way back into yourself, and you go into that place of flow, and it's deep inside of you. You know, for, for, for those of you that are listening right now, the flow is there. It hasn't gone anywhere. You, you know, right. everybody has it. But you've just got to give yourself those couple of moments. You've got to breathe it in, and you've got to let yourself return into your center, into where that flow is always flowing. And then, and then you start you start going about your daily business. You know whatever whatever your business is, but you you start that business, you start that creation from within that flow. Right. So that would be the role that intuition plays in your own life then, right? 
Absolutely. I have always been fascinated from a very young age um, about intuition. And I thought to myself, you know what? We, we have all these other senses, touch, smell, hearing, sight, all, all that kind of thing. Right. What, what if intuition could be utilized and could be used on a daily basis as proficiently as the other senses? And I really made a point of allowing myself to receive that intuitive guidance, that intuitive information. And over the years, you know, I've, 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 I've really experienced some, some magnificent intuitive moments. But in the last three years, really, really focused in on living an intuitive life and really coming from that place of flow and creating from that place of flow. Because at the end of the day, we, we all have things that we want to achieve in our lives, but we really need to allow the intuitive part of our minds to give us what we need in order to achieve that. Yeah. And there is, there is a vast amount of knowledge and resource that comes from that intuitive part of the mind. And it's all inside of you right now. Not tomorrow, not next week. You haven't lost it. You've always had it. That is the everyday, uh, the everyday uh, intuitive sense that, that I bring to what I do. I love that. And what you do, you call reality design, and you have a website um, that's called sharingisyourgift.com, uh, which we'll invite everyone to visit. It's www.sharingisyourgift.com, S-H-A-R-I-N-G-I-S-Y-O-U-R-G-I-F-T.com. So, Mark, how does that feed into what you say you do, which is reality design, and how do animals help you? With that, well, the, the the term reality design was was a realization I came to after I I opened opened my eyes and woke up one day and I realized that my world, my life, had quite a few things in it that I really didn't like that much. <laughs> no, I thought to myself, you know, surely, <laughs> surely there's got to be. A way there's got to be more of what I want as, as opposed to you know more of what I don't want and so I actually sat down and I started I started looking at what my reality was and how that reality had been created through various situations in my life and really started examining how I could get involved how I could take responsibility for designing the reality that I wanted and so out of that reality uh, design realization sharingisyourgift.com was born and what I talk about and, and, and what I uh, uh, teach people and, and when I work with people is to really start designing your reality from an intuitive place so instead of, you know, uh, in, in, in the, the, the typical sense of, of um, the word uh, design, instead of going off and, you know, finding all these materials outside of ourselves, I really bring people into that intuitive part of themselves, that intuitive part where, where they've got all the resources that they could ever want. 
and from that place we then start to look at what are our current realities and what would we like to design more of what do we want to design more of I like that so how do animals help with that so the animal perspective is is really a, a, a very useful feedback system and what I tend to find is as, as I work my way through reality designing there are moments and there are times where things happen that I don't immediately understand and some of them can be rather challenging but they are subtle by nature and so you know to, to, to really you know bring uh, into a larger than life example it's a bit like you know looking in one direction because we're absolutely convinced you know that the, the, the golden opportunity is going to come from the north but actually, you know, it might not be north. It might be southeast. But, of course, we determine that it's coming from the north and we're staring into the north and we're not looking anywhere else. Okay. Animals, in this instance, are very, very helpful because what happens is is that you can walk into your living room where your cat is, where your dog is, whatever your pet is, or even if you don't have pets and you have friends that do have pets, you can walk into the house where the, where the animals are and they will begin to communicate what your state of mind is and what is flowing through you at that point in time. So you'll find that you might have a, a, a pet that is very restless and you'll sit there and you'll say, well, you know, I wish the dog would lay down. I mean, you know, it seems a bit unrestless. Mm -hmm. You need to look within yourself. You yes. need to take a look at what that restlessness is so you've got the animal demonstrating the restlessness, but you then need to settle down into yourself and you need to breathe and you need to go into that intuitive flow part of your mind. Yeah. And just allow the information to float. It's a very, it's a very light feeling. It's almost a sense of floating. Okay. But it's got to float to the surface of your mind. It's got to float into the left brain part of your mind, which then communicates ultimately in words. Correct, yes. And so you'll, you'll find that when, we, when we're looking at animals and we're looking at the way they, they're behaving around us, they are actually communicating something that is within you. It's not, it's not as simple as something as, well, the dog wants to go for a walk. Right. There is more to be had there. Yes. You know, I, Mark, I call that the human-animal body-mind connection. You know, and one of the things I teach people is that your animals are a mirror of you. So they're going to reflect your woundings, your stress, mm -hmm. um, your imbalances, the energetic state, as you just beautifully put it. They reflect that for you, and often they carry our illness, they, you know, carry our emotions, our, you know, our energy because they're living with it. You know, they're affected by it and they often react to it, which means that they're the perfect mirror uh, for us if we have the eyes to see or the conscious awareness to pay attention. And I love what you say to do, which is exactly it. 
settle down, notice it first off, notice it, settle down, breathe and allow the information to surface and pay attention to what comes up. And in doing that, I think we also take our own responsibility for what's going on with us back to ourselves so our animals don't have to carry it or redirect it, you know, or be harmed by our imbalance or our dis-ease. You were talking about also stress, which I, I kind of keyed in on. How do you think animals help us with managing stress? Because that's a big one these days for everybody. You know, stress is something that needs to be addressed, preferably sooner rather than later. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I think you're going to address it one way or the other, right? Hopefully sooner. And I want to stress the stress in this, right? I mean, you uh-huh. hear, really hear that, you know, we, we need to address it instead of allowing it to address us. Thank you. Perfectly said. Yes. So, you know, and I mean, this, you know, our animals are a fantastic interface to so much intuitive knowledge. Yeah. You know, if, 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 you're, if you're stressed out, you know, and you're getting out of bed in the morning and you're, you're not feeling that great and you, and, and you know that you're going into one of those situations again which is, which is becoming a bit of a predictable stress mm-hmm. point for you, yeah. you know, really, really just take the time. Take the time. If it's two minutes, if it's three minutes, if it's five minutes. Yeah. But just take the time to sit down and be with your animals. And there is a lot of port in not only not only the looking at uh, the physical behavior of animals yeah. and, and intuitively interpreting that, but actually sitting down and touching your animals and stroking your animals and you know, just to sit down and play with your animals. Yes. Because they there, they want to communicate with you. All they the want time. to help you as much as they can. They're trying everything they know how. You know, they, they'll, they'll tell us that we are the the only species on the planet that needs psychiatry and shrinks and therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. because and and we have our therapists are right here disguised as animals. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are healers and our teachers. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think it's you know if if you've got a lot of stress going on in your life right now, you know, really gently begin to play with the idea that you need to take some time out for yourself, mm-hmm. even if you think you don't have the time. Yeah. You know, to begin to create that couple of minutes. You know, yeah. to sit down with your pet, to just relax and just just be with with your pets and be with yourself yes and i know i know a lot of people you know you know obviously you know a daily routine for a lot of people is taking the dog for a walk and i think that's such a great thing to do because i mean you know taking the dog for a walk especially if you know if if you can get out and you can go for a stroll around a lake or through the woods or you know, a nice area, but really, you know, taking that time because that is a form of meditation. Yes, it is. 
So, you know, if, if you're kind of sitting there thinking, oh, well, I'd love, you know, I'd, I'd love to take more time out for myself, but, you know, I've got to go and walk the dog before I get to work and all the rest of it. Don't worry, you've already made a great start. Yeah. Use that time, relax into that walk, and, okay. and watch your animals. Watch, always, always intuitively watch your animals because they're talking to you all the time. Yes. Ah. <sighs> Mark, I want to know a lot more, um, and we're running a little bit out of time. Can you tell us briefly what um, sharing is your gift? What is that all about? And I, did you have something to offer our listeners today? Well, sharing is your gift is really about allowing your, yourself to discover your gift. Okay. Now, every single one of us has, has a gift. But, you know, sometimes we can, we can be our own worst enemies and, you know, we, we don't always see what our gifts, gifts are. Yeah. So the, 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 the programs and the work that I do are really geared towards um, allowing us to become aware of what our gifts are. Okay. And so in the next couple of weeks, we, we, we have a new series of um, uh, Fear to Freedom uh, starting, which is, which is a six-week uh, six uh, course. And in that course, I really sit down with people and we start looking at how can we live more intuitively? How can we allow what our gifts are to be revealed to us? Love that. Thank you. I hope that everyone listening um, checks that out and hopefully they're in time to join your next course. And you teach those um, fairly often, or so in other words, if they miss this one, they can join another one. I'm going to know you have a video on your website. Can you tell us that a little bit about that? Because people can go to your website and pick that up. Absolutely. I mean, if you just head over to, to sharingisyourgift.com, uh, you'll see on the home page you can sign up for a video. And the video really uh, gets into my story. In other words, how I lost my eyesight, um, what actually transpired at that point, and more importantly, what and how do I work intuitively with, with a situation which I suppose to all intents and purposes is a very negative situation okay. but intuitively I really get into what we can do with those traumatic situations in our lives okay oh, I love that um, Mark we're out of time today I have so enjoyed talking to you thank you is there anything else you need to say before we um, close it down for now well, all as I'd like to say, uh, people, is that, you know, allow yourself to breathe and allow that intuition to be there for you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, everybody, um, that's it for today. I hope you tune in next time and definitely go to sharingisyourgift.com and check out Mark Vincent's story and uh, join up for his class. You're wonderful. Uh, Fear to Freedom. Sounds a wonderful program. Um, to discover your own gifts and intuitive abilities. So thank you, Mark, for being my guest today. And thank we'll, you, Val. You're welcome. Okay, well, we'll say goodbye here, and I'll talk to everybody later. Bye-bye. Thank you. I love it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks, Val. <laughs> you're welcome. I'll talk to you later.